Hello, my name is Nikki Bell and I'm the co-founder of Everywhere Plus and welcome to our spin-off podcast series, the Charity Virtual Events Podcast. And what we'll be doing in this Fringe podcast is speaking to virtual and hybrid event hosts, curators, thought leaders, professionals, so that you, the fantastic fundraiser that you are, will have the tools and confidence you need to move ahead with your virtual events. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ah, it's our very first uh, Everywhere Plus webinar of 2023. How exciting and how apt that it is on the theme of welcome, because we are welcoming you to a new year, totally accidental. And I've just realized that. So sorry for getting a little bit excited before we've even started. But this is um, a subject that I am, as you'll tell, um, when I'm excited about stuff, I use my hands a lot. Um, So I'll be doing a lot of that today. Um, Because we are here today to learn about welcome events, specifically virtual welcome events, and how they are going to help you as an events fundraiser, a fundraiser in 2023 to help you overcome some of the challenges that we are now facing with our events um, fundraising. And Everywhere Plus is the virtual events platform for people that do good. And in fact, you are actually on that platform itself. So I probably don't need to tell you more about it because you are here and experiencing it. But what you may not know is where it came from. Um, And both myself and Simon Scriver, who's in the chat box as well, I know he's already said hi, we used to be fundraisers. We worked in charities for a number of years. I think um, Simon's just had his 20th charity sector anniversary. So happy anniversary to Simon. I haven't worked in the charity sector that long because I'm not that old. Um, But I've worked with charities for about 13 years now, um, both in-house and as a consultant. Um, And me and Simon, we started Everywhere Plus pre-pandemic, just at the end of 2019, because we wanted to create a space where you could connect with your uh, supporters, your staff, your audience in a way that felt good. You know, we wanted you to have the benefits of virtual where you could reach all of these people wherever they were, share stories with them, build a connection with them. But it felt good to be on the platform. You know, it was exciting. It was engaging. And we'd actually been using the platform for our own conferences, fundraising everywhere. And we thought, hey, why don't we let other people use it and see what they can do with it? And since then, we've hosted hundreds, uh, thousands, sorry, of virtual events for hundreds of organizations in uh, the charity sector. And uh, we're just getting started. So I'm really excited to see what this year will bring. Um, And some of the events that we've been hosting recently have been welcome events, uh, kickoff events um, for uh, different audiences. Um, And some of the types of welcome events that we've had on the platform, we've had um, like corporate activations, which are great, obviously, for corporates, aren't they? Because it means that the staff don't have to like physically go anywhere. They can just, you know, watch this webinar and get get the gist of of the partnership. Um, And uh, today, what I want to talk to you about is the welcome events. Recently, we've been hosting a number of welcome events for charities for their London Marathon participants, because obviously, you know, you had like a, a six month run up time this year. So thanks a lot, London Marathon, for that extra stress and work that we've got, that we've got to deal with. Um, and uh, the, the aim of, of these events is that, um, you know, the, the, the runners know what they're running for. They've seen the stories. They've met some of the beneficiaries. You know, that that heart piece has been uh, inspired. Um, obviously, they've met the team behind the campaign because humanizing that connection can add like accountability and uh, and, and, um, and authenticity. But like key, like they actually know what to do. 
um, in my previous roles when working for charities, I um, I realized like for us, like we know how fundraise, we do it every day, but we forget sometimes like the general public, like this is a completely new and weird world for them. So the virtual events as well are a great way just to be able to give them some of that skill uh, and inspiration that you have um, as a fundraiser as well, so that they'll actually go off and raise that money for you. Alrighty, so what you're going to learn today is the why, because we are fundraisers and that's what we start with. We like to start with the why. So why should you host uh, welcome events and specifically virtual welcome events? I'm actually going to tell you exactly how to do this. Like when you leave this webinar today, at the end of this webinar, you are going to have a running order of uh, what you need to include in your welcome event. I'm going to tell you like, what that content uh, in that run and order should look like, who the best people and best videos and that should be. Um, I'm going to give you a template. I'm going to email that to you at the end of this. Um, and I'm going to give you a discount off the platform as well. So at the end of this, all you need to do is go, hey, Jeff, hey, Barbara, can you come and speak on this for five minutes? And you've got yourself a welcome event that's going to raise you more money and retain some supporters. So do stick around because you are going to get some like mint stuff out of this webinar uh, today. I'm going to teach you how to make it awesome. Um, and then at the end, we do have a live Q&A as well so that you can pop into a breakout room with your camera on or with your camera off. And you can ask me questions uh, specifically about your organization or your campaign, and I will answer them for you. So there is a, a nice little interaction piece in there as well, which will be important because of reasons that I'm going to show you uh, in the why section. So let's move on to that now. Seamless, wasn't it? Very nice. All right, then. So why should you host um, a welcome event? Well, aside from the fact that virtual events um, can increase your ROI um, and reduce your environmental impact and improve accessibility, they're actually a massively effective uh, acquisition and retention tool that's sustainable, uh, scalable, and guaranteed to go ahead. Um, regardless of what's happening in the world, regardless of what costs are available or what budget you have, you can host a virtual event that will happen and will have positive impact. In February 2022, we surveyed 436 charities that had hosted virtual events since 2020. What you can see on your screen here is where the impact of virtual events has had um, the biggest difference. So this is where they experience the biggest impact from using virtual events with an external audience, because um, obviously we have internal, external, but this is focusing on uh, support facing. So as you can see, reach engagement and staying connected with the top three areas where they had the biggest impact. So they improved their reach, they improved their support or engagement, and they improved their connectedness, which I assure you is, is a real word. Um, when it comes to the benefits, so where, um, you know, it in, increased, you know, income or impact or whatever, um, this is where um, it's had like the top benefit from using the virtual events. So it's helped uh, the hosts overcome wider sector and charity issues, including accessibility, uh, reliance on third party platforms um, and then changing um, uh, and, and remaining connected there uh, as well. So you can see, I mean, they're pretty similar, aren't they, to these ones around the reach and engagement and connectedness. So the different colours here. So the light blue that you can see on your screen, um, those are the ones that everybody answered. So it was like multiple choice. The purple is the one where we said, OK, well, out of the ones that you've ticked, tick the one that had the biggest uh, benefit. So you can see wider geographical area, improved accessibility and connected connectedness. We're bringing that word back is where it's actually had the top benefit. 
Now that for us as uh, fundraisers, specifically challenge fundraisers that we're talking about um, for this webinar, but obviously this can be applied to different income streams as well. This is great because as we've seen with some uh, supporter trends with uh, challenge events is that there is um, a kind of uh, flow, I guess it's probably not the right word, but you'll know what I mean when I explain it in just a second of people wanting to do things like more closer to home. Um, and especially, you know, with the cost of living crisis as travel and things like that can get a bit more costly. This obviously is great because they're not having to go to you and you're reaching the people that are doing for things for you uh, further away as well. Now, it's not just that because obviously, you know, those are like holistic things, but you're a fundraiser, your manager, you yourself, you want to know that that's going to actually help you achieve your goals. And I can shell, to, tell you, show you, I was doing those two words at once there, shall you, um, that it does. So of the participants who took part in our study, 64% reached or exceed their fundraising goals through using virtual events. And 31% of the charities that use them experienced growth overall. This is amazing. We are repeating the study. So we are going to go out with the survey next month, actually, which is like really good time. And you're on our mailing list now. So you will get this if you want to participate. So we will have refreshed statistics um, of this uh, in uh, the next couple of months. But what I can tell you already is that from our experience of virtual events that we've hosted in 2022, of which there have been many, um, we've definitely seen like the trends consistent there. So more people are coming to uh, live virtual events. Um, the attendee numbers have been unaffected, you know, by in-person um, returning. The only difference is around like how long people are willing to stick in there for. And I'll go on to that um, when we talk about content a little bit later on. Um, another benefit that hosting virtual events and virtual welcome events can have for you is that it will improve your stewardship. Now, we're not saying to do a virtual event and not write to them, not email them, not call them. This is a wonderful medium that can add vibrancy. It can add humanness uh, to your relationships and it can enable you to reach multiple people and connect them with multiple people in your team in a far more authentic way without all of you know the logistical issues of it happening in person. And again, from the participants in the study, um, more than three quarters um, agreed that having that virtual event gave them an uh, engagement opportunity, which is great, isn't it? Like you want an excuse, a reason um, to be able to reach out to your supporters and have that connection um, and that um uh, relationship uh, with them. Um, and this is, you know, you can tell stories with this, you can bring your beneficiaries into it without, you know, uh, and being able to do it in a, in a safe um, and secure way. 50% um, of them um, saw growth when they used uh, virtual events in their stewardship. Um, so they used them specifically for stewardship and 45% had higher donor numbers when using live virtual events for fundraising. That for you as a challenge fundraiser, that's good news. Those are uh, good, good stats. Now, it's not without its challenges. We know because this is why we exist. We created Everywhere Plus because charities do have challenges with creating their virtual events. And obviously, what we wanted to make it as easy as possible for you. So the top challenges that came out when hosting virtual events was um, the lack of time to like work on your physical stuff, not having the budget, and not having the lack of skills. This webinar today is helping you overcome those because I'm telling you the plan, what you need to do, exactly who needs to be in there, the run and order. Um, obviously, we've got the platform here for you that, you that you can use. And with our platform as well, you actually get the team behind it. So you'll get an account manager who will look after your pre-event. You'll get an engineer on event day who will run it for you behind the scenes. You don't have to touch anything. You can just rock up. 
engage with your supporters and enjoy all of the extra money that's going to come your way. How to plan your virtual event. Like I said to you, follow our plan. That's it. That's the webinar. Um, obviously, um, this is the formula that we would recommend. Um, obviously, from experience, I've been a community fundraiser. I've looked after events. I've looked after volunteers. I've looked after corporates. We've hosted hundreds of these things on, on our platform. So if you're starting from scratch, here you go. So the flow. Uh, suggested flow. So your event should always include welcome and scene setting. People want, like we did at the beginning, people want to know why they're there and what they're going to get from it. To keep them locked in, let them know something that they're going to get at the end when they stay to the end. Maybe it's a special speaker, maybe it's um, a special offer, maybe it's a discount code from one of your sports partners, whatever it is, get them hooked in and get them staying there at the end. Thank you, brackets fun. Um, this is optional. You know, I, I, you can see like the thank you is in, in twice there. From experience as a fundraiser, um, it's nice to have like a couple of vibes of thank yous in there because uh, it helps you like reach the right people um, and, and how they like to be thanked in their different love languages, I guess. Um, I'm going to show you an example of a fun thank you a little bit later on, but this might be, for example, um, so when I worked at the British Heart Foundation, anytime I used to go to head office in London, I would just grab people in the corridor and be like, can you record like a really quick, just on my phone, like a very quick video of you yelling thank you at the camera. Uh, most people said yes. Most people avoided eye contact with me and ran in the opposite direction. But for the people that did film the video as a community fundraiser, like I had all of these, you know, videos that I could stitch together. Um, so when someone raised an amount of money, it wasn't just me saying thank you. It was like all of these random people. Um, and obviously they all said thank you in different ways and held up signs and had props and that. And it was really nice. And it just added a bit of variety. But for the supporter as well, they're like, oh, like loads of people know about me. And obviously that feels really nice. Um, different fun thank you. Um, East Anglian Air Ambulance, um, one of their fundraisers, did um, uh, The Greatest Showman and he was singing. That might not be your vibe. This is just examples. I'm not saying that you have to do it, but that's what I mean by fun. Um, thank you. Now, the stories. You kind of want to go with that kind of storytelling arch of like setting the scene, building up the uh, the emotion and then like relieving the tension and having a bit of fun. That's what we're doing here with this. So with the story section, um, this is where you're really showing people why they're with you, why they're fundraising with you, because this is the thing that will stick there when they go, right, shall I stay locked in with this? Or right, I need to ask people to raise money. Now, this content could be brand videos that you have access to already. Um, it could be interviews that exist already. You don't have to create new content. Obviously, if there is an opportunity for you to bring a person that you exist along um, to share their story with, with the people online, maybe answer some questions. Brilliant. Because obviously that live engagement and that live interaction is really important. <laughs> the beauty of virtual is that you can record that and you can make it look as live as possible anyway. But basically what we're really trying to do with this is show people why they're fundraising for you because that's obviously going to lock them in. One of the charities who have hosted a London Marathon welcome event with us this month, they've had some of their runners from last year in as well and sharing their experience, which I thought was a very nice touch because for people that are new to it, hearing from someone just like you who've done it and achieved it and have been in the same boat, that's really good uh, to like, you know, spur you on and keep you going. The connection part, over 90% of participants um, to a webinar want live interaction like they want to be able to answer questions and just be prepared with 
with with everything you know you have representatives from your uh frontline team your fundraising team your finance team maybe you've even got like some faqs ready from what like you know the challenge events if it's a, a third party one and you're there and prepped if you can't answer the questions it's totally human and, and fine to be like we haven't got the answer to that let me get in touch with you later because yay extra stewardship touch point um so definitely have that connection part in there now this section um that i've mentioned already around um the fundraising tips so so important last year i was supporting a number of charities with their facebook challenges um as part of uh alderson fundraisings um uh, facebook group challenge and things that's not the name of it. it's alderson anyway i was in the facebook groups and i was helping people um with their fundraising when they were taking part in in these challenge events and the questions in there just really made me realize like wow fundraising is an art you know we've been doing it for so long like it's easy to forget um but people just they don't know that they have to ask you know we had some people in there saying um oh, I haven't raised any money and can you help and we would look and they hadn't shared their page so really basic like fundraising tips like this is how you do your page this is how you get donations this is how you can ask and just give them those tools because if they don't know how to fundraise they're not going to fundraise and hopefully um with the participants that you have obviously they're aware that they need a fundraise and why because of the stories that we've that we've shown them um and then they'll actually go off and be able to do it so you're giving them those tools now to close it out your webinar um we want to do like a really sincere thank you now one of my key goals i guess for like this year and beyond is to be more comfortable with vulnerability and vulnerability sometimes and being open with emotions and things like that can feel strange especially in a work setting but the impact that it has on other people and yourself is so so worth it so even if it does feel a little bit weird and a little bit cringe I would recommend, like, and even if you can't do it, if there's somebody else in your team who could nail this a bit better, like just a really sincere, heartfelt thank you that references them by name. Maybe you reference in how many times they've done it with you before, or maybe you have other of their other supporter uh, data available. You know, you could be like, um, I'm trying to be very careful and inclusive with my names here and make sure that I don't just mention um, with certain names, but um, oh, my name, Nikki, let's just use that one. Um, so if I was on a, a webinar, I was on one of your um, a, a webinars because I'd signed up to do the Great North Run or whatever, you could be like, Nikki, I can see that you're doing the Great North Run and that you've been a regular giver for 10 years. Um, we really appreciate you taking this next step and, and support with you. That for me, like that would blow my mind. I hope you're like, wow, like, you know, they don't know that you're sitting there with Dornaflex or whatever open in the background. They're just like, wow, I feel noticed and appreciated. So that for me and us, again, based on experiences, both um, virtual uh, event experts um, and expert fundraisers from uh, prior experience, this would be our suggested flow. And you are going to get a copy of the slides and this webinar as well that you can refer back to. And you will have like a, just as a really simple like Excel spreadsheet template. So you can start to plug in and be like, right, okay, well for this bit, this is who I think would be good. Or for this bit, this is the link to the video just to make it as easy as, as possible for you. And I spotted Helen in there. So about to host um, a welcome event with you or a virtual event in the next couple of weeks, but I'm new in the role and ready to learn. Helen, we're here to help you. Like we are an extension of your team. Um, so feel free to chuck any questions our way because that's exactly what we're here for. And we're excited to host your uh, event for you. That's really good news. Okay, so now you know what you have to have in there and then you have to go away and find your content. Now, even at this point, 
it's fine. You can invite people. The beautiful thing about your virtual event is that you already know your audience. You know where they are because they're already registered for something else with you, right? Perfect. So obviously you can like pick a date. Um, I'll go into dates and stuff in a moment. Um, and uh, and then once the date's locked in and people know about it and you can work on doing the updates to make sure they come, that's when you can look after your content. And um, so you're going to find your content and you're going to find the right people who will be able to um, be involved in this event. And I'll go on in a moment as well and, and show you like how to pick those people. Invite your participants, make sure they know how to attend. With general webinar attendance, if you are contacting like um, directors, business owners, um, things like that, people with like busy, actually anyone, like you know, people with busy diaries, we're all busy now, right? It's not just that demographic. Six weeks notice is like a nice sweet spot um, to be able to give them enough time, but it not be so far away that there isn't like the urgency. So just make sure like six to four weeks in advance that they have that locked in their diary there. Use free tools like Eventable, um, which is one that we use. Um, so when you send the join-in instructions through, it has a link on that says, add this to your calendar. So in addition to your email reminders, they will get um, the calendar invite as well. And it'll be in there, it'll be locked in there and they'll protect that time. And of course, you want to think about what your offline stewardship is going to look like because we're not doing this on their own. So where are we going to put this webinar uh, in terms of the emails that we've already received, maybe the emails that will come after, maybe the webinar, the welcome event at, right at the beginning of the journey would be helpful because that will shape what the rest of your stewardship looks like. Where are the telephone calls to your high value people, things like that. So definitely think of this holistically um, and how the webinar um, can help all of the other things that you've got going on. Before you kick off anything off as well, you want to think about what the goals are for your event. Now, for this one with a welcome event, it's pretty simple. We want to reduce attrition and increase income. Yes, I've said those around the right way. But in terms of um, impacting those people, we want your participants to feel supported. They don't want to feel like they've just signed up to do something with you and then they're on their own. They know that they have that help because they're more likely to stick in and continue that with you, obviously reducing attrition participants feel appreciated and again like this is a huge driver that them being able to do more when I didn't mention this at the beginning but when I was a community fundraiser for the British Heart Foundation I used to look after um, DIY participants and people that had signed up to do like Great North Run and stuff and when I rang people and did the same thing told them thank you told them why they were fundraising asked them questions you know give them some tips the people who I was able to contact raised on average over 40 percent more money than the people that I wasn't able to contact for various reasons. So the touch point does work. Obviously, we're teaching them basic fundraising skills and they know where the money goes. This is basic, you know, like fundraising, like one one isn't it? We're making people feel appreciated. We're telling them where the money's going. Now, the platform that we use, this is all around facilitating that connection and that engagement. As you can see from your experience on here today, it doesn't feel like another work meeting. Um, and what we can do as well with these platforms is we can tailor them um, to our organization's needs. So Helen, uh, when they host their event on our platform in a couple of weeks time, that will be completely their charity's branding and their layout that they want. They will have call to action buttons that are relevant for their organization. Obviously for this, it's book a demo and come into a breakout room because that's all we need. But for a welcome event, it might be, you know, download your fundraising pack, set up your fundraising page, um, 
you know, book a call in with your uh, community fundraisers, different things like that. But you want to host these things on a platform that is designed for attendee experience because we want this to be an experience for your participants. We want uh, to have facilities where they can interact with us so they don't feel like it's just a broadcast, maybe a chat box, a breakout room. Um, You could do like polls and word clouds that they can tell you like why they're fundraising. Because the beautiful thing about the webinars and the virtual welcome events as well is that they see other people like them as well and it can help them form like a little lush community. And again, that's really nice and important, especially for when you're trying to like get through the tough bits because sometimes training for events... um, can get you down sometimes can't it because it's a lot they're doing a big thing um, and I've mentioned already about it being a conversation not a broadcast so as much as you can get them involved um and uh and and give them an experience um it goes without saying plan accessibility um from day one um 22% of the UK population uh, describe themselves as having a disability. That's a huge portion, nearly a quarter of your supporters, and they should be included um, in your stewardship uh, and in your interac- interactions at every opportunity. Um, and that's things like, you know, from the email uh, that they get, um, uh, welcoming them to, to the event to make sure that that's accessible to the platform itself and subtitles um, and things like that. Just really think about that from day one, just that we are being inclusive and accessible as as possible. That's very, very uh, important. So how to market a virtual event, because obviously we want people to know about this and to come. So like I've said already, you already have your audience, but if you're applying these tips to another virtual event, then obviously like think about who those audience are and how you're going to connect with them. In terms of this event, what we really want from day one is to understand their data, because the more we know about our supporters, the more we can connect, engage with them. But the more opportunity we have post event, for them to go on and be able to do other things with us, whether it's repeat next year, become a regular giver, pledge, you know, to be a, a legacy supporter, whatever. But we need that data. And that could be things like, you know, uh, you know, the name, where they live, where they work, uh, have they done stuff for us before? Why are they doing it for you? Because that's really important as well. You'll know for you and your organization what data that you need to get. But again, think about that from day one. Um, as well, the platform that you use, you folks will have had to have logged in today. That shows me who's come along today so that I know who I need to send um, the materials to. With your stewardship, it's so important to know who came and who didn't, because that's going to tailor how you communicate with them post-event, because the people that have come have had that extra touch point. So you've got, and they've shown as well, like they care, like they've taken an hour out of their day to come to this thing, right? So you're like, oh, actually, yeah, those people are like, that's my key people there. And then the others are going to need a bit more like uh, touch points and, and interaction with them to get them up to that point. So that's you high reach individuals. And think as well, like this webinar, this welcome event that you're hosting, how can you use this content to support you in other ways as well? Like, are you going to use it to recruit people for 2024? Um, are you going to use it for your socials? Are you going to use it for your thank yous post events? So have a word with your comms team if you're not the comms person as well, because I know that that's very common in charities as well. Um, And think like, how can we make this go further? Because everything that you do, it should be about like making your life uh, easier and job more impactful in the future. All right. If you want to maximize attendance at your webinar, it's it's important to think about when you are going to host it. It's really important to say that there's no size fits all approach to this. The best day and time to host your webinar is going to be completely dependent on who has uh, registered um, for your event, Um, like the event itself, not the welcome event. Um, 
and that's why getting data is like really important. Um, but as a general rule of thumb, like midweek, Tuesday to Wednesdays tend to be your good days. Um, but yes, it's going to be the audience that are coming along to that and play around with it as well. Go out to them and ask them and just say, look, we want to host this welcome event for you just to help you. Thank you. Give you some tips. When would be best for you? And then go with the majority obviously record the welcome events so anyone that isn't able to come can can get it later but test different um test different ones as well for different events and see what happens likewise for the timings now it's important to mention for this so 11 or 2 are the best times to host a webinar but typically events are around like professional development and things like that so with something stewardship based and um, that people are doing maybe outside of work unless obviously they've signed up as part of a corporate team this might be something that they're more likely to do in the evening because obviously like it's a personal thing so think about the demographic first um and how that might impact the timing of it again go out to them and ask and see what they say the ideal webinar Length, the ideal virtual, uh, well, not a virtual event because that's conference, but the ideal webinar length is around 45 minutes. If you have um, too many stories, too much content uh, to share, and it's going to be more than that, can you split it down to like two half an hour sessions? Um, can you do half an hour, run it twice? You know, there's no, this is, you know, cheap and easy, right? It, there's no limit to how many times really that you could do this um, for a, a lot of impact. But yeah, so you've got 45 minutes. Um, and again, when you get the template through with the sections that I've given you for the recommended uh, flow, I'll put some suggestions on there as well around timing. But make sure uh, that you leave some time for the live Q&A on that um, as well. Really good news. So attendance to live uh, virtual events has increased. So for webinars, which we're talking about now, so an event under an hour, that has gone up from 39% to 65% in 2022. That's really good news, especially as people were like unsure about virtual events post-pandemic. They're still in there, like people want these things. So don't feel disheartened if not everybody comes, because as you can see from the stats here, it's totally normal. And that's why it's important to think about your post-event stewardship and how you're going to reach those people. But again, for that 65%, that's why it's really important to think about their experience, because how do you keep them logged on and having a good time so that they stay there for the duration? Um, and that's obviously what we're going to go on to next. So having the Q&A uh, around about like the end is a really good way because obviously people want to make sure that their questions are answered. A really good way as well to get them hooked into this is if you ask them their questions in advance. So they submit them in advance and you can be like, here's the questions that we're going to answer. They'll be there um, at the end. Um, so that's a really good way um, to, uh, to to keep them locked in there. Um, another way of um, improving attendance to your event is around sending reminders. So we send one week, one day and one hour. And then obviously you, you have, if you've used the software, um, the calendar invite in their uh, calendar uh, as well, where they'll be reminded of that. You want to show them as well, like what it is that they're going to get. So if you have any footage from previous events that you've done, or maybe you want to record like a separate um promo video with one of your speakers that's always really good um as well we held a conference on sunday with um it was called the money summit and it was around like cheap changing people's perceptions mm -hmm. around like money and earning money um and maddie cook the woman who ran that conference it was the first time her pre-event communications were just like completely awesome um you know she was doing like a tour of the platform she was doing little q and a's with the people who were going to be speaking and 
the buzz on the day was just absolutely fantastic. So there's lots of uh, examples we can share with you there as well. Um, uh, yeah, so I've mentioned here as well around having exclusive content. So if you do have any corporate partners involved in your events, maybe they can help you out by giving like discounts or giveaways or things like that. Or maybe it's a special speaker. Maybe you have like a celebrity um, fitness person who's going to give some tips or, or maybe answer questions for people at the end. Um, but it's only there for like live people um, and really make sure that people understand like where this event is, how they can take part. And that's just really simple through just like clear and straight to the point instructions. Some people might be expecting a Zoom. Um, so it's always really good to be like, it's not on Zoom, it's not on Teams. You're going to have, if you choose not to do it on there, of course, uh, you're going to have a mint experience and this is how you can, um, this is how you can take part. So on to that Mint experience. Um, and for those of you in Canada, Mint just is North uh, England for very good, uh, should should explain. Simon's got a little Geordie dictionary. Um, so we'll have to, maybe we upload that as a PDF for these webinars. Um, so so um, I'm not using like local slang and confusing people. So how to host an epic virtual event. So um, like your content in this is so, so important. If you... CEOs love to speak at virtual events and I love to, them to speak at virtual events, but not all CEOs are the greatest speakers. If and not just CEOs, you know, any staff members, if you or maybe even like your beneficiaries, because, you know, they might not be speakers. So if you have people who um, you need to have on your event or you want to have on your event or they want to be on your event and just maybe their vibe isn't up here where it needs to be pair them with somebody who can ask them questions and bring some of that vibrancy up, make their section a little bit shorter and put it between two like high energy sections. It's totally the right thing to do there. We, as part of our support with our um, customers, we have a guidebook to help people with their speaking skills. Simon, the other co-founder, was actually the public speaking champion one year. So there's definitely people out there uh, who can help you to elevate your speaking uh, credentials as well if you're not totally there. Play with the format. So obviously we have the sections of the... Um, kind of suggested flow, but the duration of those are going to change. The um, location of those are going to change. Don't just like stream in from one place, like have, you know, um, someone maybe on a walk. You know, we've had people streaming in from sessions from museums and outside of, you know, um, castles and things like that. Like there's so much uh, fun that you can have with this. Um, and if you are able to, maybe you have an amazing live host who can weave it all together. So with your virtual events, we've touched on it already. Like we are competing with their inboxes. You know, we're, com we're, we're not really competing with their phones. Like I would recommend that you lean into that and actually make their phones part of the experience. Um, ways that people have done that before is they've had like QR codes on their virtual event page that people can scan and then they have the chat box on their phone. Um, or maybe they're doing like polls and Q&As and stuff on their phone while they're watching it on here. But what I mean by the entertain is just adding a little bit of oomph like we as fundraisers we have this um uh it's not ability is not the word that i'm looking for like and benefits no but we have this like edge over corporate organizations that we are about connection we are about authenticity and we are about stories like we have so much fantastic content and people that we can use to our advantage um so there's different ways that we can entertain people <laughs> obviously you have the very intense um, example of that in the top right hand corner with the with the dance number you know but it even could just be like the nhs charities together actually 
they did a very good uh, event in 2022 um, where they like weave together their online and offline audience uh, wonderfully. So it, it could even just be around like how you interact with with the people online that just made them feel uh, different and special and, and appreciated. Because we are starting to see now like virtual events, like the content moving into that space. Thank you, TikTok. Um, doesn't mean that you have to do song and dances, but it does mean that we have to like put effort into how we're going to connect with people. Um, now, when we're thinking about the visuals that we use, um, we have started to see this kind of slow down a little bit. But um, when we ask people to speak at events, instantly they reach for the Canva deck or the PowerPoint deck. And sometimes it's not necessary. Um, if you're using slides, use them for a purpose and um, use them to uh, tell stories visually, use them to share information in an accessible way, because obviously not everybody uh, learns and absorbs information through video, although they do retain on average 90% more information that they learn in a video again, which is another reason why virtual is awesome. Um, you can switch up the format. So, you know, you have like the different vibes going on and you can still blend like the professional with your virtual. If that's something that you want to do, maybe your host is somewhere where they are, you know, in a studio with a green screen or whatever. But again, like I mentioned, it's not necessary. And just on one of the final points, we've touched on this already, but we want to give people a space to be involved. Um, and that can be done through the chat box like you're doing today, inviting people to join by video or audio, which we're going to do in just a moment when we go to the breakout room. Or it could be, you know, through third party uh, platforms. So we use a slider on the platform. We use Qdo boards. We use a fantastic tool as well called Gather Voices. Um, and with Gather Voices, your attendees will um, they'll click on a link. The screen will come up and say, record your video. This is what you need to say. This is where you need to look. Um, and as soon as they hit submit, it uploads on your event page. So we have all of that like built into our um, uh, in, our, in our event sites, if that's something that people want to do. So just have a play around with it and see what's right for your audience. Um, but the final point on this is around the technology that you use. Obviously, you need to have a camera. Your people need to have a camera. We did. <laughs> we had a webinar, actually, which we need to re-record. And Simon's camera broke. So it was just like his little like avatar like flashing on the screen. So a camera is very important. And we need to re-record that webinar. Simon, I've just remembered. Invest in good mic uh, and good lighting. Um, I my lighting was fine until the sun decided to like do random things. Um, but I will have that obviously sorted for, for future ones. I just didn't want to fill up, fiddle about with my ring light while I was talking to you. But in terms of what your attendees think is important, 70% say that a good mic is crucial for event success compared to 60% that say video. So you can see there like where that importance hinges. It's not on your background. Uh, it's not on whether or not you're standing up or you're walking or wherever. Think about your surroundings as well. Like, can you curate them for more impact? You know, if you are, you know, an English heritage charity organization, like I would be doing this virtual event from a castle. And not just because I'm a massive castle fan, but because it's like, that is what people are fundraising for, right? Like they want to see it. So think as well about how uh, you can bring your organization through to the virtual event with kind of subtle inclusion uh, and touches as well. Like, Let's take this away from the tools that we use for work and use a virtual event platform that is gonna help you to connect, inspire and engage. But some other things as well that we wanna think about with your welcome events is what are you gonna do to surprise attendees? Now, the good news is, 
is that they're already going to be surprised when they come onto your awesome platform and they're like, this is amazing. And obviously they've had that extra stewardship touch point in that they feel amazing because they've they've had that care taken. But what else can you do? What can you do to elevate their event experience? And when they log off, like what can you include in your virtual event that makes them log off and instantly go, I've got to get fundraising like straight away. There's no time to waste. I'm on it. So your next uh, stewardship meeting that you have with your team around uh, your welcome event, think about this. That's your kind of um, action points on on that one. If you are watching this back on the replay because you weren't able to make it live today, my email is Nikki, N-I-K-K-I at fundraisingeverywhereplus.com. Send me any questions uh, that you have by email. Um, every Wednesday, I commit time to do free coaching sessions with people about their virtual events. So if you want to book one of those in and talk it through, then please do, or I can uh, answer questions on email. Um, but for now, thank you for joining the webinar. I'll uh, go and see you in the breakout room.